And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, I'm having trouble logging in my phone. This is the premiere podcast for the website, C Plus Comedy, like I just said. It's a website. Go there. We have big news. Uh, I believe in the last episode I said news time was going to be back on track. And baby, we're back on track, save for this week's episode. I recorded last Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I, uh, after meetings, after work, <laughs> I recorded four straight hours, uh, with the exception of one 30 minute break. I think it was 45 minutes breaks, but anyway, I recorded for four hours of 26 episodes of news time and, uh, or 24, I don't know, however many episodes I was behind. And then I just have to do this week's episode and we'll be caught up. I still have to find, oh, I then I have to upload. I mean, they're already uploaded. They're already, I have a, I had to create a new, I, had, I, have, I have three hard drives, three portable hard drives. One is the oldest one that I've had since like college. And it is a, it is a moving disc hard drive and I am ultimately going to get rid of it, hopefully within the next couple of months or so. However, I'm still using it for now. Uh, and it doesn't have anything important on it. But but there's another one hard drive I have, which is an SSD enclosure. I've moved that to the Mac because you can't use multiple files on <sighs> Windows and Mac. And then I also have another hard drive that just has um, all, a bunch of extra stuff, uh, like like um, ROMs. And um, uh, uh, I'll say it. I used to <laughs> I used to download movies, so. <laughs> I so I, so everything. Even though now I, I'm a proponent of buying 4K Blu-rays and Blu-rays and uh, no DVDs, <laughs> I still have those movies for posterity's sake. And uh, oh, and like you know, comedy stuff and uh, live acts and live shows and stuff like that. So yeah, here we go. So anyway, now the SSD has is is just full of all the uh, all the news times and constitutionals that were living on the Mac for a little bit. Now I have, as as Adobe Audition is telling me, 83 gigabytes free of space on the Mac. God, if I could have gotten more, I would have gotten more. Also, if I had a full ter- terabyte or so of storage, I would. But I don't. So I can't. Any hoosers, what else is going on? Nova got her shots. She's sleeping on the couch. She got her shots two days ago. And every single time I take her to get her shots... Well, whether it be the day I adopted her last year or this year, she, uh, or the week I adopted her, rather, she got her shot. Um, she gets so lovey-dovey and needs to be around me. And unfortunately, I was gone the day that she, like, I, got, I took her to get her shots and I dropped her off at home and I had to go to a football game. Uh, Falcons, Steelers, uh, Falcons lost, of course. And I, and I, I had to go to that game. But I knew she was going to be very clingy. And I get back home. She like runs up to me. And she's just like, I need you to be with me. And she like, she sleeps with me. She, all this difference, all this stuff. She's just like, has to be, I have to be near her when she eats all this stuff. Monday, she has an adverse reaction to the uh, shots. Uh, in, in that, she, uh, quite frankly, goes to the bathroom a ton. And not a, not like a ton, like uh, like an abnormal amount, but it's if she went to the bathroom, let's say twice a day, two or three times a day, 
than yesterday. She uh, normally than yesterday. She went to the bathroom maybe six, seven times, uh, or like or like f- like four or five times. Uh, but one of them was just actually two of them were just disgusting. Like one of them, she took the most. <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm gonna get gross for a second. She took the biggest poop and decided not to bury it. <laughs> just just decided not to bury it in her in her kitty litter, which was. Unfortunate for me because I walked in maybe like an hour later and it just stunk in the bathroom because I have this where I have everything. It just stunk and I just saw this like huge like it, it truly looked like a small dog had pooped. <laughs> and I was like, God, no! She she watched me walk in there, like I was going to the bathroom. But she like follows. She oh yeah, she also follows. She never follows me unless she's hungry, or she has these shots and she had these shots and she had, she was she always followed me around when she gets those shots. And that's what I had to deal with. But now she's sleeping. Curled up on a blanket that I was sitting on as I played uh, Overwatch 2 last night. And Shadows of Morador. You know what sucks is a lot of these game of the year editions. And we have a video game thing coming up after this first story. But a lot of these game, game of the year editions are separate games from if you already own the previous game. I owned... The previous Shadow of Mordor, and then I and then I saw Shadow of Mordor was on sale. Lord of the Rings: Shadow of Mordor. Uh, it was on sale um, for like five bucks, the Game of the Year edition. So I bought it. So I don't have to put in the disc, and also I don't have the disc anymore. So I, I bought it, and it has separate achievements. It's the same achievements, but they're separate. It's a separate game. The Witcher also did that. So instead of opting to buy Witcher Game of the Year, I just bought the DLC. Even though Game of the Year would always go on sale, but the DLC for the regular game never did until like, you know, two years ago. Stop separating those. I hate it. Let's get on to this first story. This comes from Ashley Wong at the Wall Street Journal. K-pop sells out arenas. Can K-pop sell Broadway tickets? There's a brand new show, Broadway show, Called K-pop. It's a musical, and it's hoping to bank on the current hits that Korean pop, K-pop, has brought into around the world. Actually, not just into the U.S. Trying to bank on that. We got uh, it follows three fictional Korean pop acts: M.W.E. pronounced uh, Moe, the boy band F8, and the girl group Artemis. And as they prepare for this first major concert in New York City, it hits on everything that you've probably heard about K-pop, which is the grueling, uh, as as this uh, hold on, as uh, Ms. Wong puts it, brutality of the uh, uh, K-pop industry, as well as the authenticity, or wait, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, and the, and if the stars who are you know regular people behind the scenes, it kind of feels like a documentary. I think it's a wonderful idea. Uh, and I and you know if if people if anything it'll be a jukebox musical. Uh, I mean I don't know if that's the right term, but people could be singing the hits of this show. K-pop is huge. J-pop, the pop from the east. You know I listen to eighty eight Rising Radio uh, every single day. I don't know if you're hearing this screeching noise outside. I think it's a truck, <laughs> but it definitely came in through the headphones. But K-pop, uh, the the Eastern pop is just so eclectic and so rhythmic, and it really fits in with who who we are over here in the West. 
Um, and I think that this is a, a perfect way to, I don't, I, I, my, my brain keeps going towards nostalgia, but this music's current, I mean, because nostalgia is not the right term, but this music's currently in a zeitgeist, and this is a good way to bank on onto that, and I think that really helps them in the long run. And I want to see this show, K-pop, grow big. And it's wonderful representation, let's not forget about that. Because let's be real. How many how many uh, uh, Korean people or Asian people, if that? Let's just go with uh, people of color. <laughs> do we see in a lot of um, b- a b- big, big Broadway plays? Sometimes I, I look at a, a Broadway play. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go to New York Times because I saw. I know they have their best of stuff up. Sometimes I I see like the cast of a Broadway play and I just go, geez, like. <laughs> We couldn't get, <laughs> and I know a lot of people don't think about this, but I do. I go, geez, we couldn't get, you know, a person of color in this. And that's why there are plays like A Strange Loop and Hamilton and now K-pop to do this. I mean, because even if you look at, what's the one that Leah Michelle, Funny Girl. Is there, I, oh, Jesus, I don't want to see the, uh, Play cast, twenty two. And I, I understand that's a that's a a, a more of a, a, a Jewish one, but are there any people of color? Because there also needs to be representation, and queer folks. And you know what? I would love to see. There is one black guy. I would love to see one. There's one black guy. This entire. I look at across this entire play. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. But I would I would love to see just more attempts at diversity with any of these, with any with any play. I mean, um, again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Even Into the Woods, Into the Woods, I would love to see. Just let's just mix and match. Let's mix and match colors and, uh, and uh, differently abled people and queer folks. But unless again, I say this all the time. Unless there is a line that says, "Get your." Uh, silky smooth white ass over here. <laughs> you know? Like the like the play seventeen seventy six or revival. Now it it's uh wasn't that the, the whole the all women version? Am I correct? Seventeen seventy six revival. Broadway. I believe this is like the Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this is the all uh, women cast. And it's diverse, non binary, transgender. Why can't we just have more of that? And it's, and, and you know, and truth be told, it's a, uh, that's how you get more people to it. That's how you get more people to your thing. Hades Town. Let's do it. Okay, let's move on to the next story. This one comes from Eurogamer, written by Richard Ledbetter. Will this console generation really last until 2027, 2028? The PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and the Nintendo Switch are this uh, generation's current crop of consoles. They are... Uh, well, if, <laughs> let's just say that this, the Switch is not included in this uh, next anecdote. But 
the PS5 and the Series X are the two of the most powerful consoles ever. They're basically they're essentially just PCs that you just plug in and uh, play with on your regular TV. And uh, at least in Microsoft's case, they're they were built that way on purpose. And I'm in the in the Series S. Uh, I will also include and say that that is also next gen, and it is. Uh, if if the Series X and the PS5 are the high-end PCs, then the Series S is the lower-end PC, uh, lower-end PC, not lower-end PC, lower-end PC that you build. And is this screen off a little bit? That's that somebody builds uh, because they uh, don't want to spend, uh, you know, eight hundred dollars building a bigger PC. Now, obviously, there there'll, there'll probably be some new consoles coming down, or new iterations of new consoles coming down the line, smaller, slightly faster, or uh, in the in terms of PS4 Pro, bigger, slightly faster. But can we expect these? More importantly, can we expect these consoles to last uh, longer? And I think the quite the answer is yes. Money has been a big issue for the past, you know, besides looking at the raw power of these machines. The money has been something of an issue. I think the PS5 had to go up in price. Uh, the, the Microsoft has been pushing that off. In, in some territories, uh, PS5 went up in price. Microsoft has been pushing that off for some time now, and they just recently announced that um, the that their first-party games have, will go up to $70. Uh, Sony's first party games have already been $70 and it's not a question of worth if those games are you know let's not compare God of War Ragnarok to um, uh, what's a what's their lower end tier <laughs> uh, PS5 mainline title Dreams now that's PS4 but let's not compare you know one of the one of the games that's been most anticipated to like a, a mid-tier game uh, uh, a AA game not AAA like God of War but A game that also is charging $70. That is also, uh, you know, first party. But let's look at, you know, how these games are created. Yeah, you go back in time, video games used to cost, you know, $70, $80, $90 for a cartridge because those are more expensive to produce and CDs are not. And now we look at how, how video games... Uh, developers have to put so much time and there's crunch and this and that and the other and, and, and there's so many more factors. Uh, but there's always sales. But, uh, which, which, you know, that's how I bought, you know, three PS5 games that I was eagerly anticipating to go on sale because I'm not spending 70 bucks on that game. <laughs> However, in the end, these these consoles have to uh, do what besides being media boxes to watch TV or movies or whatever and enjoy music and be a gateway to the outside world. There's always the idea the idea the fact that they have to play these games and developers will be, will have to use what's within their purview in order to build games and we're still getting cross generation games. 
and, and and until we until we start, we I know we're, what we're two years in, almost three, until we start getting games that are just built for these platforms. And I'm including, and if you have been paying attention to to game uh, uh, news as of late, there's been one developer, and I can't remember who said it, but one developer said that the Series S was holding back the uh, the PS5 and the Series X, uh, which is a stupid thing to say. That's like that's like saying you know putting out uh, a, a game on PC. These things are scalable, is what I'm trying to get at. These video games are should be scalable because if these things are just PCs in home boxes, then shouldn't it work like that? Oh, as they as I write here over at uh, Eurogamer, one argue one one argument is uh, for further extended console generation. The notion that we've yet to really see the current generation really take off in an appreciable degree. Correct. Even if it's hard still to get a Series X, which I don't think it is, uh, and a PS5, which I think is on and off, uh, there's still a huge, like the PS4 user base is big. Uh, I don't know if you can say the same thing about Xbox One because that system has proven that uh, you really don't need I mean, really, like you could buy an Xbox One and still play uh, series games that are made for the Series X, because I think that that's how that's how you know that's how it really feels more like a PC. Um, but for the PS Five, there's some relegation to the uh, or PS Four, there's some relegation to the latest gen system. I I would rather see an extended. Uh, uh, generation and i think i think that would work because you know at some at some point we're probably when the if the infrastructure is there we'll go to a discless society which i'm not for but because you're really just if you're concert current consoles you're really just paying for the licenses to games because they can just remove these things look look same same thing for movies that's why i still buy physical movies not all the time. That's ridiculous. Let's go on to this next thing. Avatar and the Mystery of the Vanishing Blockbuster, written by Jamie Lauren uh, Kyles over there at the New York Times Magazine. Now, this is a very long piece, and uh, I, th- I think it's a very good one. The question posed here, or the thesis, if you're in college, the thesis posed here is that we're running out of good movies. <laughs> That's not, I mean, really. Not way we're saying it, but Avatar is is coming out at a time where movie theaters are still hurting, even, even during this pandemic, and even though uh, we've had an, an increase in, in uh, attendance, we're still having a lot of misfires, including Disney's latest uh, Strange Worlds, which is, I don't think it's a Pixar movie, I just think it's Disney's latest uh, which lost, you know, a hundred million dollars at the box office. Oh, Strange World, excuse me. I've been saying Strange Worlds for like four weeks or three weeks now. It was a bomb. So far, it's only made forty. And yeah, I really don't think money is the whole issue, but uh, for I think it's a Disney thing. Uh, but forty-two million dollars. <laughs> And its budget is estimated to be upwards of 135 to 180. 
it grossed that's December 4th it would lose uh, it was estimated to lose 100 to 147 million dollars and it just did not have a good poor uh, it did not have a good opening weekend at the Thanksgiving box office which is normally fantastic in fact I don't even think uh, Black Panther did that hot Black Panther War of Wakanda what is it called I'm sorry I didn't see it oh Wakanda forever why did I say War of Wakanda let's see box office yeah I mean it, it grossed a good amount but anyway 175 million it grossed <laughs> that's better than good that's great the original Avatar came out in 2009, and obviously we've seen the shift in delays, and we know that there's going to be at least, uh, this is two, three more movies? I had to think. I had to, look, I had to look at myself in the monitor and go, is this really how many? And in that time, uh, the, on this magazine article, New York Times Magazine, we've seen multiple Harry Potter movies, the Broadway show, Several video games. But even in that, before that, we've seen Harry Potter explode into uh, eight movies, 30 video games, a Broadway show, five theme park worlds, an interactive website, way more stuff that you can count, including like a spinoff book or a sequel book, whatever. The, or that was a Broadway show. Uh, Star Wars became nine movies, TV, uh, multiple TV shows, animated movie, tw- apparently 20 TV shows, which I find unreal. Action figures, trading cards, hotels. Uh, it's its just the franchise. Franchises have become this new big thing for movies. And, you know, we it's, it's just a way of uh, how to monetize outside of the theater. But can Avatar make this franchise something that can help the theater but also work for itself outside there's a, a pandora version of disney's animal kingdom well in excuse me in disney animal, animal kingdom much like harry potter's uh wizarding wizarding world at universal studios there's five lands inside of animal kingdom africa asia discovery island dino land usa and pandora you know the world's made up of many many different <laughs> shapes and sizes and colors and and things and they have this dialect for for the navi that you can learn that people love people dedicate their uh, social lives on this if you've seen how to with john wilson that episode that with it with the avatar thing i mean it's just what not thing with the avatar group it's a way of life and people love this movie and but can it prove to be with all this weight, all this mystery of what's to come? Can it be what it's projected to be as this great foundation for a world? And over at the Hollywood Reporter, there's another inside look inside of uh, his quote inside James Cameron's billion dollar bet on Avatar written by Rebecca Keegan. Cameron has not made a movie since. I, you're right. I don't think he's made a movie since uh since avatar why did i think he was married to uh uh what's her name chastain <laughs> i don't know why i thought that but he hasn't made a movie since the original avatar 
he his he's been doing he's been trying to make Avatar one since the nineties, I believe. The technology wasn't there. But he's dedicated his career to this, which is crazy to me. His first film in thirteen years. He's uh there's a big financial backing to this. And there's a message. He's trying to do environmentalism. He's uh, he's trying to he's trying to paint the story. He's trying to show that there is more to a franchise than pumping out a, a project every couple of years. But will it work? Will his commitment to this Avatar world work? You know, what I can't believe is that uh, the half of the third movie's been shot, or part of the third movie's been shot, not half. It's kind of it reminds me of how um, they, the Peter Jackson and, and his team worked on Lord of the Rings. And I, I don't know if the Hobbit series was written like that or um, made like that, but man, I just I like to have the foresight back in you know nineteen ninety nine or whenever those movies were shot. And then to release them back to back to back. Avatar could be one of the movies. But I think one of the biggest issues is we're putting all of this emphasis on this movie to help save the uh, theaters. When it comes down, it's, it has to come down to uh, the um, the studios to put out movies in theaters. And to have the right advertising to get people out of their homes to, in order to watch it. It's not being distracted from whatever's on Netflix. It's 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 being able to or it's being it's having the confidence to put these movies out. And I, and I, and you know, obviously we wouldn't Top Gun Maverick and Avatar Two and uh Black Con Black Con Jesus, uh uh Black Panther, Wakanda Forever are th- movies that you should go see in theaters, but they should also, those are, if those are, I mean, those are black blockbusters, uh, you know, bl- uh, Black Panther's blackbuster. <laughs> blackbusters. Oh, blackbusters sounds like, uh, uh, the, the end living color parody of, <laughs> of, of ghostbusters. <laughs> Can't you just imagine Damon Wayans as, uh, the Bill Murray character. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Jamie Foxx as um, uh, the uh, the uh, this, the Harold Ramis character. Uh, who else? Who else? I got to think of this. Um, was David Alan Greer on uh, In Living Color? In Living Color. Yes, David Alan Greer as the Dan Aykroyd character, and who would play Ernie Hudson? You ask. None other than Jim Carrey. <laughs> Blackbusters. When it's something strange in your neighborhood, who you gonna call? Well, actually, no. Since uh, the Ghostbusters theme song was written by Ray Ray Parker Jr., I think uh, Blackbusters theme song needs to be written by uh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> Just to hear the twang of a guitar. When something's strange in your neighborhood. <laughs> Blackbusters. 
You're welcome in living color. 30 years too late. <laughs> well, I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> Jesus. If these movies are tent poles, if they're blockbusters, we're blockbusters. We'll go back on a tangent. And then a tent pole should hold up. That's just a foundation. Tent poles should hold up everything else. They should hold up movies like The Menu. They should hold up movies like, uh, hold on, I don't know any movies that are out right now. I haven't gone to the theater in uh, a minute. I won't say. They should hold up movies like Violent Night, Devotion, Bones and All. <laughs> to some extent, The Fablements, Spirited, even though it's a streaming movie. Uh, Ticket to Paradise. Just have the confidence. You you don't you only lose as much. I think um, Netflix put put out um, they released uh, uh, or it released. I don't know who gives a crap. Released uh, Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel, in theaters, and uh, it was only for maybe like a week or two, and it was only in you know for Oscar contention, and it was only, or award contention rather. And it was only in theaters for uh, for just a little bit, and it was only in like ten or twenty or so, however many theaters it was in. It wasn't in a lot, uh, which which is just enough. And I think if they really put some backing bet- behind it, because the original Knives Out was in theaters, uh, Knives In, then they would they could they could have the people who are willing to experience that. In theater, like put out a month beforehand, they're willing to experience that in theaters, go in, see it, enjoy it. And then a month later, if if people want to, like Avatar, like Avatar was uh, Disney re-released Avatar 1 into um, uh, theaters, uh, uh, they took it off Disney+. Plus. Just do that. Make, and, and you know, has, uh, set, up, set up screening dates. Let, uh, let people see Knives Out 1 and Knives Out 2 back to back. It's a, it's fun. It's fun. But make it a whole event. You want to catch knives out too early. You you put that in the trailer, see it early. See it first in theaters. And then when when it comes to uh streaming, you know you already had it out for a limited time. When it comes to streaming, then people can enjoy it at home if they want to. I don't know how much money it, it takes to mount an entire move and it doesn't have to be in every theater it can it can ha- it can uh be in the um uh in the art house theaters it can be in uh, only in amcs well i mean no, don't do that but <laughs> but still fleabag if i saw fleabag live in my art house theater and um it was uh it was fantastic it was but it was la- it was three days and i i wish that they'd uh, put it out for a week so that more people get to get a chance to see it. Anyway, I don't want to harp on this. Let's move on. And finally, this comes from Variety, written by Brianna Bell. Nielsen streaming top 10 manifest reigns at number one following season four premiere on Netflix. Wait, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the wrong thing. There was a top 10 list that I believe um, uh, the Nielsen ratings put out for the year. And I grabbed the wrong one. I grabbed the Nielsen streaming top 10 for the this quarter. 
Okay, let's see if I can find that. Nielsen Top 10 2022. Spelled Nielsen wrong, if you want to know. Uh, oh, boy. Maybe this is the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, this is definitely the wrong thing. I misread. You see, that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes you misread things. And uh, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and you know what? Just be happy you're wrong. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. This morning I went to go vote in the... Um, Runoff election here in Georgia, and uh, quick thing, I requested my absentee ballot, like, maybe a week prior to this. They sent it out, no, excuse me, I requested before Thanksgiving. They sent it out after Thanksgiving. The UPS, USPS rather, gave it to me, gave it to me. They delivered it to my mailbox maybe like last Tuesday, last Tuesday or Wednesday, because uh, I get the I get the emails to my um, uh, uh, emails, <laughs> my email, the, I get the emails of what's scanned and whatever sent to me from the USPS. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong, sometimes it has it has stuff you don't have, and sometimes it doesn't have stuff you have. Uh, but I know it had not gotten into my 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 mailbox. I don't know when I go last. This is last Tuesday, which is uh, November like twenty eighth. I go to my mailbox and, uh, and, or no, excuse me, last Wednesday. It was last Wednesday. I go to my mailbox, like November 29th. And I'm like, I, I, I get it and I go, okay, it's here. It arrived today. I fill it out and there are maybe like a handful of drop boxes uh, in my surrounding area. I don't have time to go. And take it. So I go, you know, I'll just try to drop it off on Friday or Saturday. So I have like I have like two days where I just I have to have no not to take. I forget about it Friday, my fault. Saturday, last day for early voting, and uh, I'm just like crap. There's there's no possible way I could drop this off anywhere right now. So great, I'll just go and vote. Tuesday. But. In that time, I'm looking online saying, uh, can I still drop it off? Can I still drop it off? No. I had to I had to go to my polling place, which um, is a uh, retirement, not retirement, assisted living facility. I had to go to that and, and, and vote. Fine. Great. I leave the gym this morning, 6.45. I got there at five. No big deal. <laughs> I always leave that late. Anyway, I go to my gym this morning. I leave at six forty-five, and I come home, or I come back to the I come back to the place where uh, where I'm supposed to vote, and I I, I wait and I I I I get there and I get inside, and they're like, "Oh, you you need your absentee ballot. It was issued. You have to go get it." I was like, now, part of me said, go get your absentee ballot before I arrived. Also, before I arrived, I was, it was raining outside. <laughs> and I'm, I'm speed walking to get in line because the line is huge. And as I, tu- as I turn into the parking lot, 
and I'm passing by this line. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding, like 50 people all standing in line. It's 650 uh, or six. It doesn't matter. 655. I slip because I'm wearing running shoes and I slip. No grip. And I almost bust my behind. And this British lady's like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Wearing my mask, but everybody's staring at me. And I continue walking at my speed. It was just so embarrassing. And then also to be like, like now nah, you have to go home and get your absentee ballot. Anyway, I ended up going to get, I ended up going home and finishing my workout. Uh, my, I, I ended up cycling for a little bit. And then go, and then I got prepared. I got dressed. I put on this uh, this button up sweater, and I and I just and I walk over, have my headphones in. And I'm prepared for, you know, the line was long, and I and we waited for like like twenty plus minutes, almost half an hour, uh, but not half an hour, almost half an hour. And and I'm prepared for that wait. I get a piece of gum, <laughs> get my headphones, just enjoy, just enjoy the wait. Had music downloaded, no podcast because I was tired of listening to people talk, and also I've run out of podcasts. And I get there, no line. I go, oh, it must be inside. I get there, it was there were maybe like two people, and I didn't even, and no one was in front of me. I just kind of walked in, and I went, why was it like? Why wasn't it like this this morning? It's ridiculous. Anyway, that's that story. Uh, I I didn't have uh, I can't find the th- original thing I was looking for. I cannot find the original story I was looking for, and that would require me to go deep into the C plus comedy email account. But I don't want to do that. So you're out scot free. Listen, if you like what you heard here, and you want to see a video version, don't know why you would. Head on over to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you could, uh, or youtube.com slash cpluscomedy, where you can see a video version of this, as well as news time, which is now back on track, with save for this week's episode. So, uh, do what you will with that. It will be back. I will find something to talk about. Also, rest in peace, Kirstie Alley. I saw that right before I went to bed. Uh, very sad. She's very funny on uh, Cheers. And look who's talking movies. Uh, she is a Trumper, which is unfortunate. <laughs> who I also think is a Trumper is uh, uh, the guy who played uh, uh, Cliff Craven. Quay- Quay- uh, Cliff Clavin. Uh, John Ratzenberger. I believe he's a Trumper as well. And I think uh, Kelsey Grammer is conservative. That was unfortunate. <laughs> a lot of the people I like on that show were uh, horrible. <laughs> cpluscomedy.com to see me talk to famous people. Oh, there is an interview I'm having tomorrow, which was supposed to happen a couple of weeks ago. Oh, not tomorrow because we moved it again before I sat down for this show. So hopefully, not this episode, but the next episode, that interview will be up. And it's and it, the the thing is, it's a it's a junket interview, <laughs> and I just can't. I couldn't run the first part of it because the first part's only five minutes long, and this next one's going to be five minutes long. So I'm just I'm excited to finally do it, but I'm a little peeved that I had to wait this long. I have this joke I want to do. I try to make these junket interviews really interesting for the people because they are doing they're doing this. They're talking to you know thirty people over the course of 
an hour and a half. And and they're always getting the same questions because I I know these I know the I know how I know how uh, reporters work and I and and or journalists work and and they're getting the same questions of these actors and and creative people are getting the same questions of uh, how is it to revisit the character uh, what's it like being a woman in in comedy you know and things like that and I don't want I want to make it fun I want to make my five to ten minutes fun and I want to relate to you or make you laugh so I have one joke that I don't I don't know if it's gonna work. <laughs> But the moment I got the email for the original interviews, I was like, oh, this is this is the idea I have. Like, it was truly like within like five minutes. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this joke. So be on the lookout if I go through with it. If I don't. Seedlesscomedy.com. <laughs> Follow us on social media. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. At Comedy. Me, at Chad Black White. Rate, review, subscribe to this show. Wherever you get your podcast, tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a second.